I think that given the right circumstances, Mike Pence could be a perfectly uh, fine sugar daddy, at least in the grand scheme of things. Uh, anyways, that doesn't matter. Uh, welcome back to Lazy Yet Successful Politics. I'm Justin, and we just finished the, uh, the, the vice presidential debate. How did that end up going well? So, first things first, um, the debate went quite a bit better, I think, for Pence uh, than comparatively Trump did in his debate. This was more of a normal uh, Democratic versus Republican debate where a lot of the focus stayed on the actual issues and records of the candidates, uh, and it felt a little less like we were living in a crazy parallel world where we collectively elected an insane Nazi clown as president. It felt more like the insane Nazi clown was just inside the hearts and minds of the Republican Party all along this time, so that's quite a bit better. Um, the candidates were generally civil towards each other. Mike Pence actually, I mean, uh, how do I put this? He tried. He attempted to reach across the aisle at one point and imply a bit of uh, camaraderie between him and Kamala Harris, even though uh, Senator Harris, I think, spent the bulk of the debate um, staring deeply into his soul, um, trying to find even a shred of humanity in it and failing to. And Pence spent most of the debate um, staring at a plexiglass wall and confusing. Uh, it for Kamala Harris and trying to ask that plexiglass wall about opinions on fracking for two hours for a reason that makes no sense that I can't honestly understand. Um, but overall, in terms of conduct, the two conducted themselves quite well relatively. Where things uh, sort of repeated themselves is in the moderation of the debate, which was a complete and total disaster. Uh, Susan Page was the moderator for this one, not Chris Wallace. And she, you know, I, I, will, I will say that Susan Page put a fair amount of effort in um, when she was not riding uh, Silver Fox's dick straight to uh, the end of her career. So she gave Pence a lot of opportunities to speak over his time limits. And though she did stop him at one point in what seemed like a failed, very, very failed, um, simulacrum of, simulacrum of what Chris Wallace did. She didn't really, uh, she didn't get him to stop. She let him run over his time repeatedly. And there was a marked difference in how she treated, um, Harris versus Pence. Pence, when he ran over, it was fine. Harris, when she ran over, got frequent interruptions. Pence, when he asked for desperately to address something, got a minute. Harris was lucky if she got 15 seconds and frequently had to interrupt the moderator in order to get the fair time she deserved. So um, jokes and degradations aside, Susan Paris showed a marked uh, preference for Pence, I think, during that debate and a complete unwillingness to actually moderate it. Now, that being said... Um, I still think this went better than the presidential debate, as, again, the candidates did a better job. Um, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, Vice President Pence did a better job than Donald Trump at seeming like an actual human being. Uh, so, that being said, there aren't any 
There aren't any major losses from this debate in terms of the conduct of the two candidates relative to each other. The place where I think... The, the places where losses and gains were made were on their records and the actual content of what they said relative to each other. And to put it bluntly, I think I think Pence lost, and I don't think he lost as badly as Donald Trump lost about a week ago, but he certainly did lose. And that loss came from a couple of sources. First, um, the most hilarious of sources, a fly uh, that perched upon his head midway through the debate as he was in a furor lying at Kamala Harris and lying about a record about something or other. A fly just perched itself upon uh, Silver Fox's hair and just hung out there and just like stayed there for a little while. I, I think it thought he was an actual trash pile, but unfortunately, unfortunately for the fly, um, Pence, Michael Pence is slightly less appetizing than trash and he left leaving unfulfilled, which I think is a great sim simile for how the American people probably felt um, watching this. Pence had the markings of somebody who was having a good debate. He handled himself well. He spoke clearly and articulately. And I think in Pence's own mind, he won the debate. He got, got, got in air quotes, uh, Kamala Harris a couple of times, uh, most notably on calling her out for dodging a question on whether or not she would pack the Supreme Court. Uh, essentially what happened is Trump told, well, bleh, Trump, I'm so used to talking about him, I'm mixing up their names now, it's like two unruly children. Um, Pence called Kamala Harris out saying that she would pack the Supreme Court. She said, if you want to talk about packing courts, let's look at your record, let's look at how many unqualified judges you've crammed in, and she didn't really answer the question about court packing. And, you know, I, I don't think she has to answer that question. I think uh, Biden's answer in the last debate was a satisfactory one, asserting that um, it was ultimately something that would be up to the will of the American people and the Senate, rather than a decision he'd cram through as an executive. Uh, but in any case, she did dodge the question, and Pence did call her out on that, and that was that had the markings of a good performance. Pence was very soft-spoken and appealed multiple times to the American people. Um, he said that uh, President Obama failed during swine flu, and with, with the number of people who got infected, if it was as deadly as coronavirus, there would have been mass deaths of a bigger scale than um, what was going on with coronavirus. And now, nobody in the Democratic Party or in their right mind is going to believe that, but to his base, it's a good appeal. And he had a lot of good little... Uh, snippets like that. Um, he did a lot of things that I think he, he thought would make the base feel good about him and about President Trump. He asserted at one point, for example, that uh, the president had frequently called out white supremacists. I mean, he couldn't give a single example of that, and let's be clear, the man never has, but uh, Pence still went up on that debate stage and said, yeah, this is a man who calls out white supremacists, even, and when uh, Senator Harris rightfully called him out on telling white supremacists to stand back and stand by, he said, he's never done that. That's a lie. Now, that's not grounded in any form of reality, but it's 2020 and reality doesn't seem to matter anymore. So, you know what? It's a good appeal to his base. I'll give him that. So, Pence went in there, and I think he, like I said, I think he think he crushed it. 
But there's a problem. And there's a catch to him crushing the debate. And that's why I think Pence actually lost it. Almost nothing that uh, Vice President Michael Pence said during that debate was actually true. He spent a lot of time lying about Kamala Harris's record, and he didn't... And you know what? Living in a world of lies, right on brand for Donald Trump, but right on right on brand for his campaign, right on brand for the entire thing. Good for Pence. Good job. Um, but... So, how do, I, how do I put this? When Donald Trump lies, he goes all the way, and that's why he's able to find some kind of weird, perverse success in it. He runs it to the full extreme to create him a position where he to, to create a world where he's in a favorable position and has a good record. Pence, on the other hand, doesn't tell full lies. He tells he will tell full lies about his opponent, but he won't tell full lies about the reality he lives in. So in the world of uh, Pence bullshit. He could have. He he said that uh, President Obama killed a bunch of people. Could have killed a bunch of people with swine flu, and that's bullshit. But you know, he could have said. He he could have said and pushed harder on the line that more Americans would be dead if Trump hadn't taken decisive action. Or he could have just said, you know what? Um, <clears throat> that that book Bob Woodward wrote, Rage. That audio recording never happened. It's fake news. It was by the news media. There was an actor in a Trump suit uh, who just met with Bob Woodward every day. It was actually Hillary Rodham Clinton with a spray tan trying to trick uh, the liberal media into believing that Donald Trump was a narcissistic asshole. He could have taken that angle. He could he could have said whatever the fuck he wanted on that stage. Nobody was fact-checking him. He was just lying, lying, lying left and right. And he only went halfway. The, the, the moron only went halfway. And he lied about his opponent's record. And he lied about Donald Trump's record. But he wouldn't lie about his own record. And, I mean, he barely talked about it. But he... He didn't lie enough, and I can't believe that's something I'm saying is a failure of a candidate on a debate stage in 2020, but even if you're living in Trump world right now, even if you're living in a world where you believe every little thing that the President of the United States says, you're not going to watch that debate and come away thinking favorably. You're actually going to have more doubt of anything, because Pence gave a platform to the things that Kamala Harris was saying and gave a platform to the things that Joe Biden was saying. And he spent all that, and it was that unwillingness to lie, I think, that caused him to focus so much on fracking. And I mean, okay, 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 okay. Who, who cares? I mean, okay, obviously people care about fracking, but we're in a debate between uh, spray tan Hitler's understudy, uh, Silver Fox McCocklips and Senator Harris, and, uh, it, it doesn't, it, 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 if, if Mike Pence and 
Donald Trump are going to try and like basically do this weird government coup bullshit they've been doing to try and fake a win for the election, fracking doesn't fucking matter. Nobody is going to vote for Joe Biden because of his opinions on fracking. No independent is going to the polls right now and thinking, oh, you know, mm, uh, I really don't see the difference between uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, what what the fuck was his name? Antonin Scalia. I mean, they were basically the same person. They were friends after all. And I don't really give a shit about LGBTQ rights or the future of this country. But you know what I do care about? I care about fracking because I run a small oil industry in Iowa. And I, I really need a candidate that's going to support fracking um, for, for, for my own personal vote. Yeah, yeah. Why? Michael Pence, Vice President Pence, I'm going to, I pose this question directly to you. Why? Why do you think anybody cares about fracking? Why do you care so much about fracking? It's a vice presidential debate. You are the vice president of the United States. I can give you countless opportunities you have to increase stocks in your own fracking companies that aren't the presidential debate. You don't need to go up on stage during the most important debate, honestly, at this point, probably of your campaign and just fucking throw it. I mean, God. God damn. Okay, that's that's the thing that I think pisses me off about Trump's presidency more than anything else. It's not even the like blatant evil. It's the the fucking stupidity. It's just the it's just actively shooting yourself in the foot at every angle. And if you're going to go up against Kamala Harris, who was a prosecutor, she she knows her stuff more than you do. She does. She know actually knows what she's talking about. She didn't just run for governor of Indiana and then get boosted up way too high and get on some crazy ego trip. She actually worked for what she has. She's good at her job, man. Just don't comment her with the fracking angle. Oh, my God. Uh, So much like a fly to garbage, I don't think anybody in Trump's base is going to look at what Mike Pence did here and come away with anything of substance and it looks good some of the things he said from the perspective of a trump supporter would look good but he by far missed the mark he didn't go far enough with his lies he spent an irresponsible amount of time on fracking he yeah he attacked kamala harris for her record but you know what he dodged questions left and right about what was going to happen with the election and he could have just told a bold-faced lie And he would have done so much better if he would have just lied. That's that's the moral here. That's the moral from the debate. If you're a candidate for the Republican Party and you're not lying in 2020, what the fuck are you even doing with your life? Just just get off stage. Go back to your mommy and just, like, live your life um, as some weird uh, creature that looks... Is it just me or does Mike Pence look kind of like a Ken doll? A- anyways, that that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So, so what the fuck else? I can't get past this fracking thing. I just don't get it, man. And anyways, 
let's let, let me try and i'll have to try very hard to move on from fucking fracking um what else happened so um so i said pence lost does that mean senator harris won the debate i mean i wish i could say yes but i mean i don't think she really won either she ugh. again so pence did well for his base but he offered a lot that looked good and didn't offer enough substance once you dig below the surface and pence is good isn't going to outnumber his bad uh kamala harris went up on that stage and she attacked Pence on all of the right dots. She attacked him on uh, Trump's. She, she attacked him on Trump's taxes. She attacked him on the lies uh, that came through when Pence was the head of the coronavirus tax force. She attacked him on just all of the typical bullet points and and yet excuse me i and yet i think she missed she, she she missed one bullet point and i was waiting the entire debate for her to say it president trump is currently facing coronavirus in the white house because of the incompetence of his own administration and if Donald Trump isn't going to wear a mask to protect his administration, why is he going to protect the American people? And I, I get why she didn't say it. I, I, I know where she's coming from. That's a bit of a low blow, honestly, for the president. And to be quite frank, it could backfire. But I spent the entire time waiting for her to say something along those lines and go all the way, really dig it in there, really dig the knife in to Trump's reelection campaign. And she never she never got there. I, she got close. The the tax on taxes and tax and everything else were fantastic, but she never really clinched it. Um, at the same time, she defended her record against by against uh, Pence when Pence accused her of trying to um, Pence accused her of not prosecuting cases. She pulled rank on him and said, I'm the only person on the stage that's been a prosecutor. Let me tell you about prosecuting. Let me tell you about my record. And let me tell you about the precedents I set in California that we are going to apply in the United States of America. And let me tell you about Joe Biden reaching across the aisle and being the only one right now who is actually reaching across the aisle. And on all of those points, she nailed it. She never gave Pence a moment to win. So if we're looking this at this just from the perspective of attacks on Joe Biden from Pence, Kamala Harris did a fantastic job of standing her ground. But like I said, she never dug the knife in. She never really got at the crux of what was wrong with Pence and Trump's campaign. She never went for their incompetence. And I'll offer this. I don't think she had to. I think Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, 
and Joe Biden are in a position right now where they don't need to tell the audience things they already know about Trump being a liar, about Trump being a cheater, about I think they've pushed that angle as far as they logically can. At the same time, at the same time, it would be nice to see another attack on Trump from them. And it would be nice to see them to honestly, I hate to put it this way, kick him while he's down. So, that almost, that, that, that takes us to relative positions. Um, and let's let, let's talk about let's talk about one of the other things that was said during this, which was when Pence said that on the subject of the murder or death of uh, someone, I wish I recalled her name uh, during Obama's uh, presidency. It broke my heart when they came into the Oval Office, when the military came to the Oval Office and said she could have lived. You weren't in the Oval Office. You were governor of Indiana. You were running on the campaign trail with you. Were, you were running on the campaign trail with uh, Donald Trump. You weren't actually there. You can't. Yeah, no, 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 no. You you can't change history when it's something that people can't even suspend disbelief for. I mean, the Trump campaign has a huge fiction around it, but there's some things that just you can't suspend that disbelief for, and lying about when you were in the White House is one of them. I mean, come on, man. Do better. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, what other gems do we have? Uh, I mean, Pence didn't say he would, uh, he would want Indiana to outlaw abortion um he, he did that thing that like republicans typically did where uh they just kind of attack democrats on their uh on their hatred for catholics which was a stupid argument because i think she forgot that i, I think he forgot that joe biden was a practicing catholic and actually would be the second catholic president and i think that just slipped right over his head so he fucked that up um there was the end when Penn said something about reaching across the aisle. In, oh, oh Lord, I, I forgot about this. Uh, Su there, Susan Page, his last question was allegedly written by an eighth grader. I can't believe that for a second, but anyways, allegedly an eighth grader wrote this question asking um, that on the news, she always sees Democrats and Republicans arguing against each other and asking... Uh, how will you set a precedent to work around that? And then uh, Pence gave a very, I, I, I would put it this way, uh, Michael Pence used his sexual charms to get around answering the question and just kind of stared at the camera, looked doe-eyed and batted his eyelashes a little bit. And he, he didn't really get anywhere on that. It, but, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so any any debate question could have been selected. Any debate question written by an eighth grader could have been selected. So, of course, one was chosen chosen about unity and reaching across the aisle and just... Uh, okay, so here's the thing that bothers me when people talk about Democrats and Republicans arguing in the modern day. The current Republicans, you, you, you can turn on the news 
and you can trick yourself into thinking that's what's happening. Democrats and Republicans are arguing, but that that's just not true. There's no argument between Democrats and, let, let me paraphrase this, old-school Republicans like uh, George H.W. Bush, like the late Senator John McCate, uh, like anybody from that era of Republicanism is not the person, Antonin Scalia, actually, they aren't the people who were Republicans right now. Those were people, those were Republicans who reached across the aisle in good faith and got things done. You know what's funny? You look at past presidencies, including uh, President Obama's presidency, and all before that, and you see a willingness from Democrats to appoint Republicans, a willingness from Republicans to appoint Democrats. Unfortunately, this thing happened in 2016 where a fucking moron who didn't know how to do deals was elected to the United States presidency, and he decided that he was going to apply business negotiation tactics to the Republican Party and act like it was some big financial act like being the president of the United States was the same as being the CEO of his daddy's company, which, by the way, he never learned how to truly run. Um, and act like you could apply those business tactics and politics. And act like you didn't need to reach across the aisle. You could just be brazen, you could be blunt, and people will love it. And Republican senators of the modern day saw that. They saw Trump winning the 2016 election, and they said, we don't have to negotiate anymore. And those of them who were really out of their right mind, literally, turned to themselves and said, looked in the mirror and said, I don't need to pretend I actually give a shit about this country anymore. And the Republicans you see today, by and large, in the United States Senate, I don't think this has taken effect quite the same in local legislature. I don't think the House of Representatives unilaterally has this problem. But particularly in the United States Senate, particularly between the President of the United States and his opponent, Joe Biden, there's a philo- there's a deranged philosophy that the only people that matter to them are the Republican Party. So what you have is one side reaching across the aisle in good faith. Another side that used to reach across the aisle in good faith, some of whom uh, still do, like, some of them still do, like uh, John McCain's wife, Cindy McCain, like others, and they would reach across the aisle, but by and large, many have stopped caring, and many have stopped giving a shit. And it's put us in a state where that side can pretend they're reaching across the aisle, and actively tell the other to go fuck himself. So if you want to know what's happening in the country right now and why Republicans and Democrats are arguing so much on the TV, that's your answer. It's that the Republican Party of the United States no longer exists. It's been supplemented by an insurgency ran by the President of the United States, who I will say again is a literal, literal Nazi. This leaves us with the takeaway of, okay, if, uh, if Mike Pence did not win the debate, and Senator Harris uh, defended herself against Mike Pence's attacks but and did a better job than him and did not win the debate, then who, which one of the two of these people um, did better? And as I said earlier, I think that Biden, that this was 
This was Pence's debate to lose. And anything short of a miraculous comeback, short of actually doubling down on the lies, digging into Kamala Harris, doing his best to just completely dismantle their candidacy, short of that, I think anything would have been a loss for Pence. So with respect to that, Pence lost. And while Senator Harris didn't do anything great, and I would not say she won the debate, she hold her ground respectably. Respectably. And she proved that she's not somebody you can just push around on stage. So this debate was more important than previous ones. And it was emphasized during the debate because, uh, well, previous vice presidential debates, because both Joe Biden and Donald Trump will be the oldest presidents of the United States. And the bottom line is Donald Trump's health right now is complete shit. Like, oh my God, we we have never had a more unhealthy president, bar maybe the one who died in his bathtub that I can't remember the name of. But short of him, we have never had a more unhealthy president than Donald Trump. And we have never had anybody that was more at risk 27 days away from the election than Donald Trump. So if so, if Vice, if Mike Pence and Donald Trump win. Or, or if, uh, Joe Biden wins, there just because of his age, there's a very real probability that either of these two, uh, Mike Pence or Senator Harris, could become president of the United States. So, I I, I want to be clear. I think even though Senator Harris didn't win the debate, given where things are right now, it would have taken a very strong effort to firmly win a debate against Mike Pence just because of the political climate right now and how many voters are already decided. So even though she didn't win, she stood her ground and she behaved respectably. And I'd, I'd be scared if I was a Democratic primary challenger to face off against her in Democratic primary in 2024 or 2028, whenever she decides to do it, whenever Biden decides he's done with his term, if that's what ends up happening. Um, and then, those two, those two aside, um, we have... Uh, we have Mike Pence. And the bottom line is he doesn't have the chops for this. My, There's a terrible problem with Mike Pence. And it comes back to what I just said about the New Age Republicans lying. Left and right and not doing good faith efforts to reach across the aisle. Mike Pence's fatal mistake in that debate was he pretended he would reach across the aisle in response to that question. And the fact that he took that time, the fact that he was spotty about lying compared to Donald Trump, shows that on some level, Mike Pence is an old-school establishment Republican. I mean, he was elected to the Senate in 2000. He's, he's not in the insane metric where we look at Donald Trump as the president to be aspired to be, as a candidate to be aspired to be, Mike Pence is nowhere near that level of manipulation. He is just not willing to take that step. And, you know, he, he's he's not... He's an old-school Republican, like I said, but at the same time, he's not just an old-school Republican. He takes some elements of what Trump does. And the the reason I'm perfectly calling 
happy calling Silver Fox McSugar Lips all these uh, names is that he doesn't offer any kind of respect to the Democratic Party or to the candidates he's running against. He he acts like he does, but he doesn't go all the way. I, I don't think Vice President Michael Pence has really decided where he lands in the spectrum of Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush's Republican Party to uh, Donald Trump's Republican Party. And because he can't choose, he can't really get the support of either side. So right now, if an election were to be, if the election were between Mike Pence and Senator Harris, well, I'd be tempted to say that uh, Mike Pence isn't the crazy doesn't have the crazy levels of self-sabotage that Donald Trump does to quite the same extent. Well, I'd be tempted to look at their debates and their discussions and say uh, maybe publicly to give him a bit of fair ground that he would be able to make some advancement or win a fair amount of the popular vote. Privately, I wouldn't believe that for a second. I don't think he can do it. I don't think he has the chops. I don't think he wants to go full Trump either because of some political, uh, religious moral, which I, I could maybe respect him for, uh, or something. But the reality is, until that man is willing to uh, go full-on into the world of lies, uh, take Donald Trump's, Trump's dick in his ass on a daily uh, basis as, well, I'm pretty sure... I've, pretty sure a fair amount of the people in Trump's administration metaphorically have at this point. Until he's willing to go that far, he can't win as a candidate. And with respect to how this impacts 2024, I think it proves Mike Pence is not a winning candidate. Mike Pence is not a winner. He he can't choose his sides. I'd expect someone like Rudy Giuliani or William Barr to be a more worthy successor to Trump, going by the insane metrics that would somehow regard him as good. And I don't think he's got it. So when we're looking in the scope of the 2020 election, my takeaway is this debate doesn't matter. Uh, Senator Harris defended herself, and it looked like Pence made some grounds, but he really didn't. He just kept the... And, and that's not... Pence lost, and kind of like with Senator Harris losing, it's not 100% his fault, but I still think he did worse than Harris did. Uh, Harris kept the, the momentum of Biden's campaign. So 2020 election, this is not going to mean a thing. Um, 2024 election, Senator Harris is in a good position to, uh, or 2028, I suppose. Senator Harris is in a good position to clinch a Democrat nomination. Mike Pence is, uh, he, how do I put this politely? He would be the Jeb Bush of that election. He would be an establishment candidate that would look like he has some potential and then completely come crashing down a couple of months in. He just wouldn't be able to muster it. So if... So all that considered, the takeaway here is we learned nothing new about Donald Trump. We learned nothing new about Joe Biden. So if I would really call... if I, So all this considered, if I would really, like, point fingers at someone and say you lost this debate you screwed this up i would say that mike pence lost relatively
but Susan Page for letting Mike Pence speak so much, for letting him lie and dig his own hole, for letting, uh, for not giving Senator Harris the time, lost this debate. And I could not see her ever, 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 ever playing a role in a future debate in a major party unless some things seriously change. And I, I recognize that these moderators are in tough roles, but you have to have the chops to do it. And I think Susan Page proves she doesn't. So honestly, that's all for now. Um, I'd like to echo some of the words Senator Harris said during this debate and say, if you made it this far into the podcast and you haven't voted to register, go do that. You have... You just spent 36 minutes listening to me ramble about a presidential debate and saying it doesn't even matter at the end. You have time to vote. You have time to register to vote. Go do that. Go to IWillVote.com. Go to Joe Biden's campaign site. Go to Donald Trump's campaign site if you're a deranged sociopath. You know, you do you. And you go there and you register to vote if you haven't already. And then you go out to the polls on November 3rd or have some plan in place because you sure as hell should bet your ballot's going to be lost if you send it through USPS with the way that system is right now. Make a different plan and have a plan to get your vote in. Have a plan to get your vote counted. Do that. So I'm Justin. This is Lazy Successful Politics. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at oh we forgot our twitter handle you can follow us on twitter at lazy successful where i ramble incoherently about all sorts of other fun things in uh twitter length form um you can follow our weekly podcast uh which i do with my husband alan and on that one we're a little less political but we still touch on it from time to time and it, you know, if you just want to break from this absolute uh, strain of bullshit, you can. And last thing before we go, the very last thing, fuck fracking. I, I mean, it doesn't matter, but just just fuck fracking. Anyways, um, I'm Justin. This is Lazy Yet Successful. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Rate our podcast if you haven't already. Go to our site, lazyyetsuccessful.com. And I'm signing off. I will see you on the next podcast, which, because of how this week is going, will probably end up being tomorrow when uh, Trump inevitably tweets out that he's just going to uh, stick his dick up uh, Clarence Thomas's butt cheeks and just go right to town because 2020, this is the kind of world we're living in now. Okay? Okay. So bye for now. I will see you all on the next podcast. Bye.